After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. The Screaming Skullow by F. Marion Crawford I've often heard it scream. I am not nervous. I am not imaginative. I never believed in ghosts, unless that thing is one. Whatever it is, it hates me. Almost as much as it hated Luke Pratt, and it screams at me. If I were you, I would never tell ugly stories about ingenious ways of killing people. You never can tell what someone at the table might be, t- may be tired of his or her, her nearest and dearest. I've almost blamed myself for Mrs. Pratt's death. I suppose I'm responsible for it in, in a way. Though heaven knows I never wished for her anything but long life and happiness. If I had not told that story, she might be alive yet. That is why the fiend screamed at me, I fancy. She was a good little woman, with sweet temper, all things considered. A nice gentle voice. I remember hearing her shriek once when she thought a little boy was killed by a pistol. Went off, though everyone was sure it was not loaded. It was the same scream, exactly the same, but a sort of rising quiver. A end by him. Do you know what I mean? Unmistakable. The truth is, I did not realise that the doctor, his wife, were not on good terms. He used to bicker a bit now and then. Where was I when I was when when I was here? I often noticed that Miss Pratt got very red and bit her lip hard to keep her temper. When Luke grew pale and said most offensive things. It was sort when he was in the nursery, a member, and afterwards at school. He was my cousin, you know. That is how I came by in his house. After he died and his boy, Charlie, was killed in South Africa. There was no relations left. Yes, it's pretty little property. Just a sort of thing for an old sailor like me. Who has taken note to gardening? One always remembers one's mistakes. Such much more vividly than one's cleverest things, doesn't one? I often notice it. I was dining with the Pratt's one night, and I told them the story that afterwards made me so much, so much difference. It was a wet night in November, and the sea was moaning. Hush, you don't speak. You hear it now. Do you hear the time? Gloomy sound, isn't it? Sometimes about this time of year. Hello, hello, there it is. Don't be, don't be frightened, man. It won't eat you. It's only a noise after all. But I'm glad you heard it, because it always people think it's the wind or my imagination or something. You don't hear it again tonight, I fancy. But it doesn't often come more than once. Yes, that's right. But after, put another, put another stick on the fire. A little more stuff into the mix. 
your foe was fond of. Do you remember old Bolot, the carpenter, the German ship that packed us up when the gulf tough went to the bottom? We have were to hover in a howling gale one night as snug as you please, with no land within five hundred miles, ship coming up and falling off as regular clockwork. Biddy de Bore Berees Ashore this night, Podic Boys. Old boy cut sang out. He went off to his quarters with a sailor maker sailmaker. I didn't think of that. Now I'm ashore for good and all. Yes, it was a night like this. I was at home for a spell, waiting to take the Olympia out for a first trip. It was on the next voyage that she broke the record, you remember? That 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 date's it. Ninety two was the year, early November. The weather was dirty, Pratt was out of temper, the dinner was cut bad, very bad indeed. It didn't improve matters, and cold, which made it worse, the poor little, little lady was very happy about it. Instead of making worse rabbit, a table to turn directly the, the raw turnips and a half boiled mutton, Pratt might have had a hard day. Perhaps he had lost patience. At all events, he had an, was in a nasty temper. My wife is trying to poison me, you see, he said. She's seen it someday. I saw that she was hurt. I might believe to laugh. I said to Miss Pratt, I was much too clever to get rid of her. Him, her. Husband, in such a simple way, going to tell them about Japanese tricks, which burned glass and chopped wholesale and alike. Perhaps the doctor knew a lot more than I did about such things. But only put me in my mettle. I told a story about a woman in Ireland who did for three husbands before anyone suspected foul play. Do you hear? Never heard of tale, that tale? Also, I managed to keep awake and caught her, which is hang. How did she do it? She drugged them and poured melted lead into their ears for a little horn funnel when they sleep. Now that's the windmill wrestling, backing up to the southward again. I can tell by sound. Besides, other things don't often come more than once in the evening, even at this time of year, when it happened. Yes, it's November. Poor Mrs. Pratt died, standing in her bed, not long after the dying there here. I can fix a date, because I had got the news in New York or the by a steamer, a full Olympian, which had took her out on her first trip. You had a love horrific the same year. Yes, remember, what a pair of old buffers we kept going, coming to be. You and I, nearly fifty years since we were apprentices together in a couple of tough. Shall you ever forget old Bullocott? Body de tolly bubbles ashore, boys. Aha, till he could a little more. Of all that water, it's old house shop. I found the summer. When his house came to me, the same I bought loot for Manstown five and twenty years ago. He never touched a drop of it. Perhaps he was sorry now, poor fellow. When did I leave off? I told that Miss Pratt died suddenly. Yes, Luke must have been lonely here after she was dead. I should think. I came to see him now and then. He looked well and nervous. Told me that his practice was growling, was growing too heavy for him. Though he wouldn't take consistent on any account. He went on, his son was killed in South Africa, and after that he began to be, be queer. There's something about him, not like other people. I believe he kept his senses and his profession to the end. And though completely he was having made mis- bad, mad mistakes in cases, or anything of the sort, but he had a look about him. 
Luke was a red-headed man with pale face. He was young and he was never stout. Middle age, he turned sandy grey. And after his son died, he grew thinner and thinner. To his head looked like a skull. The parchment stretched of its very tight. His eyes had a sort of glare in it that was very disagreeable to look at. An old dog, that poor Miss Pratt, had been fond of, of used to follow her everywhere. He was a bulldog and the sweetest tempered beast he ever saw, though he had a way of hitching his upper lip behind one of his fangs that frightened strangers a good deal. Sometimes an even Pratt and Bumble, that was the dog's name, we used to sit and look at each other. A long time thinking about old times, I suppose. Luke's wife used to sit in the chair you got. There's always a place. This was the doctor's where I was sitting. Bumble used to climb up the footstool. He's old and fat by the time. Could not m- jump much. His teeth were getting shaky. He would look steadily at Luke. And Luke would look steadily at the dog. His face growing more and more like a skull with two little coals for eyes. After about five minutes or so, for it may have been less, our bumble was suddenly beginning to shake all over, and all of a sudden he was up, set up in a foul, full howl. She'd been shot. Tom went out the easy chair and trotted away, and hid himself under the sideboard, and lay there making odd noises. Considering Pratt's looks in these those those last months, being is not surprising. You might, you know, I'm not nervous or adjective. I can quite believe he might have sent a scented woman into hysterics. His head was so much like a skull and parchment. At last, I came down one day before Christmas. My ship was in dock. At three weeks off, Bumble was no not about. I said, Cousin, what now? Suppose the old dog was dead. Yes, Pat answered. I thought there was something odd in his tone. Even before he went off, he went on after a little pause. I killed him, he said presently. Could stand it no longer. I asked what it was that Luke could not stand. I guessed it well enough. He had a way of sitting in a chair and glaring at me. And then, howling, Luke shivered a little. He had suffered all, old poor old Bumble. He went on in a hur- on the hurry, as he thought I might imagine he had been called. I put the dialine into his drink and made him sleep soundly. The car formed him gradually, so that he might could not have felt suffocated, even if he was dreaming, being quieter since then. I wonder what he meant for the world slipped out as he I wonder what he meant for the world slipped out as if he could not help saying them. I said since he meant he did not hear the noise so often a dog was out of the way. Perhaps he thought at first it was old Bumble in the yard howling at the moon. It was not that kind of noise, is it? Besides, I know what it is. Luke didn't. It's like only a noise after all. Noise never heard before anyone yet. But he was much more magic than I am. No doubt there's really something about this place. Don't understand that but when I don't understand it's thing. I call it phenomenon. I don't take it for granted. I what that is going to kill me, as he did. I don't understand everything by long odds. Nor do you. Nor does any man who's been at sea. We used to talk of tidal waves. For instance, we could not account for them. And then we account for them by calling them submarine earthquakes. 
We branched off to fifty theories, any one of which might make earthquakes quite comprehensible. We only knew what they were. I fell with, in with one there once with an ink stand, flew straight up from the table against the ceiling of my cabin. Strange thing happened to my Captain Nicky. I dare you, you read, read about it in his wrinkles. Very good. That sort of thing took place ashore in his room, for instance. A nervous person would talk about spirits and levitation. Fifty things that meant nothing, mean nothing, instead of that quietly setting it down phenomenon had not been explained yet. I view that voice. Well, that voice, you see. Besides, what is it there to prove that Luke killed his wife? I would not even suggest a thing to, to anyone but you. After all, there is nothing but a coincidence. The poor little Miss Pratt died suddenly in her bed a few days after I told her that, that story at dinner. You're not the only woman who ever lived like that. Luke got the doctor over from the next parish. They agreed that she had died of something, no matter with her, no matter with her heart. Why not? It's common enough. Of course, there was a ladle. I never told anybody about that. It made me start, but I found it in the cupboard in the bedroom. It's a new two little tin iron ladle and not been in the fire more than once or twice. There was some lead in it had been melted and struck to the bottom of the bowl all grey. With hardened dross in it, but that proves nothing. A country doctor is generally a handyman, does everything for himself, and Luke may have had a dozen reasons for melting a little lead in a ladle. He's fond of sea fishing, for instance. He may have a cast of sinker, a night line, perhaps it was a weight for a hall clock, or something like that. All the same, when I found it, rather queer sensation, because it looked like, looked so much like the thing I described, I told her a story. Do you understand? It affects me unpleasantly. I threw it away. It's a bottle of sea, a mile from split. It'd be jolly well rusted beyond recognising it. Ever washed up by the tide. You see, Luke must have bought it in the village years ago, but a man sells such ladles still. I suppose they're used in cooking. In any case, there's no reason why an inquisitive housemaid should find such a thing lying about with lead, with lead in it. I wonder what it was, and perhaps talk to the maid who told her tell a story at dinner. Well, that girl married the plumber's son in the village. May remember the whole thing. You understand me, don't you? Now that Luke Pratt is dead and gone, lies buried beneath his beside his wife, but on his man's tombstone its head, I not care to stir up anything that would hurt his memory. They are both dead, their son too. That there was trouble enough about Luke's death as it was. How? You found dead on the beach one morning, and there was a coroner's report for us. There were marks whose throat had not been robbed. But it was that it come to this end by hairs or teeth of some person or animal unknown. For half the jury thought it might have been a big dog that had thrown him down and gripped his windpipe through his skin, his throat was not broken. No one knew at the time he'd gone out, nor where he'd been. He found lying on his back above high water mark, the old cupboard band box that belonged to his wife lay under his hand. Open, the lid was fallen off. He seemed to have been carrying home the skull and dot the walls. 
Doc's doctors are fun of collecting such things. Rolled out and labour under his head. His remarkable fine skull, rather small, beautiful shape, very white with perfect teeth. That is to say, the upper jaw was perfect. There was no lower one at all. When I first saw it. Yes, I found it here when I came. You see, this, you see it? It was a very white and polished, like a thing meant to be kept in last case of people who did not know where it came from, nor what to do with it. So they put it back to, into the band box and set it to the shelf of the cupboard in the best bedroom. Of course, they showed it to me when I took possession. I was turned down to the beach. Two to be shown a place where Luke was found. The old fisherman explained just how he was lying, the skull beside him. The only point he could not explain was why the skull rolled up a row of sloping sand towards Luke's head, instead of rolling down him up to his feet. And it did not seem odd to me at the time, but I have often thought of it since. Place is rather steep. I take you there tomorrow if you like. I made a sort of climb of stones. There afterwards. But he fell down, or was thrown down, whatever happened. The bambot struck the sand, and lid came off, the thing came out, and ought to have rolled, to have rolled down. But it didn't. It was close to his head, almost touching it, turned the face towards it. I saw it didn't strike me as odd when the, old, when the man told me. But I could not help thinking about it afterwards, again and again, until I saw a picture of it all, closed my eyes, and then... Again, to ask myself why the plaguey thing had rolled up instead of down, why it stopped near Luke's head instead of anywhere else, a yard away, for instance. You naturally want to know what conclusion I reached, don't you? None of that all, none at all explained the rolling at all events. I got something else in my head after a time that made me feel downright uncomfortable. Oh, I don't mean so, as of anything supernatural. They may be ghosts, or they may not be. If they are, they're not inclined to believe they're not get, they can hurt living people set by frightening them. And for my part, I'd rather face any shape of ghost of fog in a kernel channel than it, when it's crowded. Now that what bothered me was the foolish idea. At all, that's all. I cannot, I cannot tell how it began, nor what made it grow till it turned into certainty. I was thinking about Luke and his poor wife one evening, and my pipe and dull book. It occurred to me that skull might possibly be hers, and never get rid of it. The fault sense. You tell me there's no sense in it. No doubt that Mrs. Pratt was buried like a Christian and lying in a churchyard where they put her. Perfectly monstrous to suppose the husband kept a skull in an old bandbox in her old bandbox in his bedroom. All the same, in the face of reason. Common sense of probability. Quince that he did. Doctors do all sorts of queer things. They may men, make men like you and me feel creepy. These are just the things they don't seem probable. Not logical, but sensible to us. Then, don't you see, if it really was a skull, poor the only way you could count him for this is having it. So he really did k- killed her. And did in that way, as a woman killed her husband in the story. He was afraid there might be examination someday that would betray him. You see, I did not, I told you that too. I believe it really happened some 50 or 60 years ago. They dug up three skulls, you know. 
There's a small lump of lead rattling about each one. That was what the hanged the woman. Luke remembered that. For sure, I don't want to know what he did when he thought of it. My taste never ran in the direction of horrors. And I didn't fetch you care for them either, do you? Oh, if you did, you might supply what is wanting to the story. He might have been rather grim, huh? I wish I did not see the whole thing so distinctly, just as everything might have happened. He took it down the night before which you buried I'm sure after the coffin had been shut, when the servant girl was asleep, I would be bet anything that he got it in. He put it in something under the sheets in its place. Fill it up and look like. What do you suppose he put there under the sheet? I don't wonder that you take me up on what I'm saying. What I'm saying. What I'm saying. Those two don't want to know what happened, and I hate to think about horrors and describe the whole thing to you. If I had seen it, I am quite sure that it were bad um, that he put here. I remember the bag very well, but she always used it in the evening. Made a brown plush when it was stuffed full, about the size of you. Understand? Yes, there I am. At it again. You may laugh at me. You don't live here alone where it's done. You don't didn't tell us Luke's story about the molten lead. I'm not nervous, I tell you, but sometimes we in the field and understand why some people are. I dwell on what all this when I'm alone, I'll dream of it. Then when then that thing screams, we're well, frankly I don't like the noise any more than you do. Now I should be nervous to it by this time. I will not be nervous. I was sailed in the haunted ship. There was a man atop and two thirds of the crew died on the west coast. Even inside of ten days, I re-anchored. I was all right. Then afterwards, I seen some ugly sights too, just as you have, all the rest of us. But nothing ever struck in my head the way this does. You see, I'm tired of, to get rid of the thing. I didn't like it. It wants to be here in this place. This batten box, a cupboard in the best bedroom. Not happy anywhere else. How do I know that? Because I tried it. Don't you don't suppose I didn't? I, I don't. I not. I've not tried. Do you? As long as there was only screams now and then, during this time of the year, and if I put it out of the house, it goes on all night. No servant will stay there twenty-four hours. It is, if as it, as it is, I've been, often been left alone and been obliged to shift for myself. A fortnight at a time. No one from the village would ever pass a night on the roof now. As for selling the place, or even letting it, as out the question, that old person, woman, saying that I'm, if I stay here, she'll come to a bad end where I sell before long. I'm not afraid of that. You smile at the mere idea that anyone would take such nonsense seriously. Quite right, it's utterly blatant nonsense. I agree with you. Don't I tell you it's only a noise after all? We started to look round, see if you expected to see a ghost standing beside your chair. And maybe you're wrong about this skull. I like to think that I am when I can. It may be just a fine specimen which Luke got somewhere. Long ago, or rattles about inside, we shake it. It may be nothing but a pebble, or a bit of gold clay, or anything. Skulls have laid long on the ground, generally, have something inside that rattles, don't they? No, I never tried to get it out. 
Whatever it is, I'm afraid it might be lead. Don't you see? If it is, I don't want to know the fact. But I'm much better. And I'd rather not, not, not for be sure. If it is lead, I quite, I killed her quite as much as if I'd done the deed myself. Anybody must see, I should think. As long as they didn't know for certain. I consolated myself saying, consolation saying, utterly ridiculous nonsense. His prank died natural court death. The beautiful skull belonged to Luke when he was a student in London. But there was not, if I were quite sure, I believe I should have to leave the house. Indeed I do, most certainly. As it is, I've given up trying to go to sleep. To sleep, the best bedroom, where the cupboard is. You ask me why I don't throw it into the pond, yes. But please don't call it confounded bugbear. It does not like being called names. There, Lord, what a shriek. I told you so. A quite pale man. You fill up your pipe and draw up your chair nearer to the fire. Take much more drip, some more drink. Our Hollands never hurt anyone yet. I've been a Dutchman in Java, drink half Java, drink half a jug, have a stump in the morning without turning a hair. Don't think much, don't take much rum myself, because it doesn't agree with my rheumatism. But you are not rheumatic and don't damage you, won't damage you. Besides, very damp outside. Night outside. Wind is howling again and you'll soon be in the southwest. You hear her windows rattle. Time must have turned too by the opening. By the moaning. You might should not have heard, heard the thing again. If you had not said that, I'm pretty sure we should not. Oh yes, if you choose to describe it is a coincidence. You're quite welcome. I would rather you should not call the thing names again. If you don't mind, it may be that poor little woman hears, and perhaps it turns, hurts her. They know ghosts. Now they don't call anything a ghost. That you can take in your hands and look at it and put light on it. It rattles when you shake it. But do you now? There's something that hears and understands. There's no doubt about it. I tried sleeping in the best room when I first came to the house, just because it was the best, most comfortable. I was given up. It, it, it was the their room. It was their big bed. She died in the cupboard is the thickest of the wall, near the left head on the left. That's where it likes to be kept the box. I only used a room for a fortnight after I came. They turned out and took the little room downstairs next to the surgery. But Luke used to sleep. Then you expect to be recalled and patient during the night. I was always a good sleeper for sure. Eight hours of my dose, eight to seven when I was alone, twelve to eight when I have a friend with me. And I could not sleep at three o'clock in the morning in that room. Quarter past to be accurate. As a matter of fact, I timed it. My old pocket chronometer, which still keeps good time, is always exactly seventeen minutes past three. I wonder whether. That was the hour when she died. It's not what you have heard. It is, if it had not been that, I could not have stood it two nights. Just the start of moan and hard breathing for a few seconds. The cupboard, it could never have woken, begging me under some circumstances. I'm sure I suppose you might, you, I mean that, that you're just like other people who have been at sea. No natural noise sounds disturb us at all. Not all, not all the wreckage square rigger 
hove in a single in a heavy gale, rolling on a beam end before the wind. But if lead pen, lead pen, lead pencil gets adrift and rides in a drawer, a cabin table, to awake in a moment, just so you always understand very well. Noise of the cupboard is no louder than that. It waked me instantly. I said it was like a start. I know what I mean, but it's hard to explain without seeming to talk nonsense. Of course, you cannot hear. Exactly hear as a person start. At most, you might hear there's a quick drawing of what the breath between the pot lips and closed teeth, almost a perceptible sound of clothing that moves suddenly through very slightly. It was like that. You know how one feels when a sailing vessel's going to be two or three seconds before she does it. When one was at the wheel, riders say the same of a horse. It's less strained because the horse, live animal, feeds on its own. Only poets and men talk about its ship being alive and all that. But I've always felt somehow, besides being a steaming vessel, machine or a sailing machine, carrying weights, a vessel at sea, sensitive instrument, means of communication between nature and man. There's clearly a man at the wheel. She assists steered by hand. She takes her impression directly from the swimming of the sea, tide and stream, and transmits them to the man's hand. There's a wider telegraphy, picks up the interrupted currents aloft, and turns them out below us, the form of the message. You see what I'm driving at? I felt that something startled in the cupboard. I felt it so vividly that I heard it. Though there may have been nothing to hear. Sound inside my head wake me suddenly. I really heard that other noise. As it was if I, it were muffled inside a box far away as it came through long distance telephone. Telephone. Yet knew it was inside the cupboard. Door near the head of my bed. My hair did not bristle. My blood did not run cold that time. I simply resented, represented, resented being woken up, woken up by something, and no business to make a noise. Any more than a pencil would rattle in a drawer of my cabin, put table on a vocal ship. Did not understand, I just supposed they covered with some communication in the outside air. A wind got in, was moaning and foam, though it was a sort of very faint screech. I struck a light and took looked at my watch. It was seventeen minutes past three. I turned over, went to sleep. My right ear, now a good one. I was pretty deaf in it with the other. I struck the water with it when I was a lad diving for the foresail yard. So anything to do it was, but it resulted very convenient when I went want to go to sleep. When when there's noise, that was the first night. And the same thing happened again and several times afterwards. Not regularly. Though it was always at the same time, but second, perhaps it was all sometimes sleeping on my good ear, sometimes not, overhauled the cupboard. There was no way in which wind could get in. Anything else, the door makes a good fit, having been meant to keep on moths, I suppose. This is perhaps mice have kept a winter things in it. It smells of camouflage and terpene. After a fortnight, it had enough of ties. So far, I said to myself, be steady to yield to it, take the skull out of the room. Things always look differently by daylight, don't they? But a voice grew louder. I suppose my mother call it a voice got inside my deaf ear too one night. I realized when I was wide awake, 
and my good ear was jammed down. Tired of Fredon, I ought to not have heard a foghorn in that position. I heard that makes me lose my temper, lest it scare me for some times. The two are not far apart. I struck a light and got up. I opened the cupboard, grabbed the burn box, and threw it out the window as far as I could. Then my hair stood on end. The thing screamed in the air like a shell with a twelve-inch gun. It fell on the other side of the road. The night was very dark. I could not see it fall. I knew it fell beyond the road. The window is just over the front door, fifteen yards to the fence. More or less, the road is ten yards wide. The thick-set hedge beyond, along the glebe and belongs to the vicarage. Did not sleep much more than the light at night. Did not have then. It was not more than half an hour. I was thrown in the brown box. And when I heard a shriek outside, like that he heard had. A, like what that what we had tonight, but worse, more despairing. I should call should call it. It may have been my imagination. I could have sworn that screams came nearer and nearer each time. The other pipe walked up and down for a bit, and then took a book. Started reading. I hanged. I can remember what I read, even what the book was thought was. But now, then a shriek came up, and it would, would have made a dead man turn his his coffin. Little before dawn, someone knocked at the front door, mistaken for anything else. I opened my window and looked down. I guess that someone wanted a doctor. Supposing the new man had taken Luke's house, it's rather a relief to hear an human knock after that awful noise. You can't see the door from above. I went to a little porch. The knocking came again. I called out, asking who it was there, but nobody answered. Further knock was repeated. I rang it, sang out again. My doctor did not live here anymore or longer. I had no answer, but it occurred to me that it might be some old countryman who had stone left. So I took my candle, went down, opened the door, upon my word, I was not thinking of thinking it. I almost forgotten the other noises. Went down, convinced that I should not find, that I should find someone outside on doorstep with a message. I set the candle on the tiles table so the wind would not blow it out. But I opened, but I was drawing the old fashioned bolt. I heard a knocking again, not so loud, not loud, a queer hollow sound. I okay, well, not that, now that I'm close to it. I remember I said you thought maybe my son, by some person wanted to get in. It wasn't, there was nobody there, but as I opened the door inward, standing a little, a little on one side, as to be seen out at once, something rolled across the threshold and stopped against my foot. I drew back as I felt Frank. I knew that before I looked down, I could not tell how, how I knew it. I knew it seemed unreasonable. But I'm quite sure that I'd thrown it across the road. It's a French window that wandered open. I was wide. I got a good swing when I flung it outside when I went out early in the morning. Found the bandbox beyond the thick hedge. You might think it opened when I threw it. 
and a skull dropped out that well, that's impossible for nobody could throw an empty cupboard so far so far and the question you might as well try to fling a bowl of paper 25 yards below a bird's egg to go back i shut the body of the hall door picked the thing up carefully put it on the table beside the candle i did that mechanically so one might sleep who does the right thing in danger without thinking of it all unless one does that but the opposite it may have been seem odd I believe my first thought had been that somebody might come and find me there on the threshold while it's resting against my foot, lying as it to one side, and turning one hollow eye up up at my face as I meant to accuse me. As light and shadow from the candle played hollows my eyes, it stood at the table, so it seemed to open shut at me. Then the candle went out quite unexpectedly. The door was false and there's not the least draught. I used up the last half of a dozen matches, for it would burn again. I sat down rather suddenly, without quite knowing why. Probably been badly frightened. Perhaps you may you admit there's no great shame of being scared. Being had come home. It wanted to go upstairs, back to its cupboard. I sat still and stared at it for a little bit, so I began to feel very cold. I shook, took it and carried it up and set it in its place. I remember that I spoke to it. Promise it should have bandstand again in the morning. You want to know whether I stayed in the room till daybreak? Yes, but I kept the light burning, sat up smoking, reading, most like it frightened pain, undeniable, deniable fear. You mean you not call it careless either? But that's not the same thing. I would not have stayed alone with that thing in the cupboard. I should have been scared to death. I did not much not more timid than the other people. Confound it all, man. It crossed the road alone. It got up the doorstep and not to be get it let in. It came, then dawn came. Put on my boots and went, went out to find the bandbox. I had to go the good way round. The gate near the high road. I found the box open, hanging on either side of the edge. Caught the twigs of string and lid, fallen off and is lying on the ground below it. That shows it did not open till it was well over. It has not opened as soon as it left my hand. It was inside. It must have gone beyond the road too. That's all. I took the box upstairs to the cupboard, put the skull back and locked it up. When the girl brought me my breakfast, she said she was sorry. That she must go. She did not care. That she lost the month's wages. I looked at her and her face was a soft greenish yellowish white. I pretend not to be surprised and asked what was the matter, but it was no use. For she just turned to me and wanted to know whether I might, might meant to stay in a haunted house. How long I expected to live, I did. For though she noticed I was sometimes a little harder hearing, she did not believe that even I could sleep through those screams again. Because if I could, why, what, why had I been moving about the house, opening and shutting the front door to be free and for the morning? I'm answering that, since she had heard me. So off she went, I were left to myself. I went down the village during the morning. I found the woman who was willing to come and do the little work, the reason to cook for my dinner. The condition might go home every night. As for me, I moved downstairs not dying. I never tried to sleep in the best room, bedroom since. For a little while, got a brace of middle-aged Scotch servants in London. Things were quiet enough for a little time. Again, by telling house was very much exposed to position. The winds whistled round a good deal in the autumn and winter 
which is given in bad name village the corners people inclined to superstition telling ghost stories two hard-faced sandy-haired sisters among almost smiled answers to great contempt they had no great opinion like any scottish bogey whatever having been serviced two inch haunted houses where they had never seen so much as a boy in grey whom they reckoned no not very particular frailty in far farish for sure they stayed with me several months and while they were in the house we had peace and quiet while them it is here again now she went away with her sister in the year this one she was a cook married with saxon works in my garden that's the way of it small village he's not much to do he knows much about flowers to help me nicely besides doing most of the hard work for though i'm fond of exercise i get a little stiff on the hinges he's sober silent sort of fellow who works his own business he is a widower he was a widower that came here to a hain is his name james to him hain scottish sister did not admit there was a very few wrong with the house but then the member came and gave me warning they were going on the grounds that the chapel was such a long walk they were from here being in the next parish they could not possibly go to church our church the younger came back in spring soon as the bands could be published we married to james to but the vicar he seems to have had no scruples about hearing preach since then quite satisfied she is the couple live in a small cottage that looks over the churchyard suppose you're wondering what all this has to do with what i'm speaking talking about i've known so much that one of my old friend comes to see me so i'm going to go and talk him just for sake of hearing my own voice in this case there is really a connection of a connection of ideas that james to her buried poor mrs pratt husband after her in the same grave it's not too far from the back of his cottage that's catching my mind you see plain enough he knows something i'm quite sure that he does though he's a, such a resentant beggar yes i'm alone in the house for help right night now mrs Tudhern does everything herself but i was a friend to have a friend saxon's niece comes to wait at the table he takes his wife home every evening in winter in summer and it's like she goes up by herself you're not a nervous woman but she's uh, she's less sure than she used to be there's no bogies in england worth a scottish but woman's notice isn't it amusing the idea that scotland was a monopoly supernatural odd sort of national pride i call that don't you it's good fire isn't it when a good driftwood start get started at last there's nothing like it i think yes you got lots of it i'm sorry to say there's still a great many wrecks about here it's lonely coast and you may have all the wood you want to, for trouble bringing it in to her and i borrowed a cart now and then and load it before between here and split i hate the coal fire when i can get wood of any sort log is a company even if it's only a piece of dog neck that beam, that deck beam, or timber sawn off, the salt makes pretty sparks. You see, they fly like a Japanese handwork, and I was upon my word. An old friend that's first fire and a pipe, and forgets all about it, that means upstairs, especially now that the wind is moderating. So now it's only a long mile through, and it's blow a gale before the morning. You think you like to see the skull? I've no objection, there's no reason. Well, you shouldn't have a look at, at it. You never saw a much more perfect one in your life, except there were two, two front teeth missing the lower jaw. 
Well, so I've not told you about the load, about the joy yet. To her and found it in the garden last spring. We are digging in a bit pit for a new asparagus bed. You know, you make of asparagus bed six, eight feet deep here. Yes, yes, I've got to tell you that. He's digging straight down, just as he digs a grave. One a good asparagus bed made. Advise you get the Saxon to make it for you. Fellow's a wonderful neck for that sort of digging. Turn her and I got down about three feet. When he cut into a mass of white lime inside the trench, he noticed that the earth was a little looser there, there. Though he says he's not been disturbed a number of years, I suppose he thought even that old lime might not be good for asparagus. So he broke it out and threw it up. It was hard work, pretty hard, he says. Biggish lumps, and out of sheer force of the habit, he cracked the limb lumps of his spade and laying outside the pit beside him. Jawbone and skull dropped out the one of the pieces. He might have knocked out the front two teeth for breaking up the time. He did not see them anywhere time where he experienced men such things. As you may imagine, he did he said at once that the jaw but probably belonged to a young woman that her teeth had been complete when she died. He brought it to me and asked me if I wanted to keep it. I did if I did not. He said he would drop it into the next grave he made in the Birchard, pose its Christian jaw, and ought to have decent burial. Wherever the rest of the body might be. I told him doctors often put bones in quick line to whiten them quick nicely. And, and I suppose Doctor Pratt I once had a little polite had a little pipe pit line pit garden for that purpose. Forgotten the jaw to hern looked at me quietly. Maybe it fitted the skull that you used to be in this cupboard. I said so. He said, Maybe Mr Doctor Pratt put the skull in the line, clean it, or something when he took it out he left the lower jaw behind. It made more human hair sticking in the line, sir. I saw all there was, and there that was that what Mr Hearn said. He did not suspect anything. Why the well should he suggested John might fit the skull besides it did. I suppose he knows more than he cares to tell. Do you suppose he looked before he she buried? Well perhaps when he buried Luke in the same brain. Well, there's no use to go over it, that is it? I said I would help the with the jaw with the skull. I took it upstairs and fitted it into its place. Not the slightest doubt. The two belonging together and together they are. Turn knows several things we're talking about plastering the kitchen while well, though he happened to remember that not long since been since that very week that Mr Pratt, Miss Pratt died. He didn't say at the mansion would have left some lime in the place. He thought it. The very same lime he'd found in Sparrow's pit. He knows a lot to her and is one of the silent, silent buggers who can put two and two together. A grave very near the back of his cottage too. He one of the quickest men with spade of a new saw. He wanted to know the truth. He could, and no one else would ever be the wiser unless he chose to tell. A quiet village like ours. People don't go and spend the night in the church or to see whether the sexton potters about himself between ten o'clock and midday light. It's awful when it's awful to think of Luke's deliberation. If he did it, he's cool certainly, and no one to find out. But I've always nerved that the mice have been strongly. I always think it's bad enough to live in a place where it's done. If it really was done, it was always put in a condition. You see, for the sake of his memory, a little bit of my own sake too. I'll go upstairs and fetch the box in a minute. Let me light my pipe. 
There's no hurry. Bed is supper early. It's only half past nine o'clock. Never let a friend go to bed before twelve. Well, this is three, then three glasses. You may have as many more as you like. If you don't, you shan't have less. The sake of old times. Breathing up again, do you hear? There's only a loud just now. They're going to have a bad night. Thing happened that made me start a little. I found out the jaw fit exactly. Did not exactly easily startled in that way myself. Been said by seeing people make a quick movement, drawing their breath sharply. When they thought they were alone, and suddenly turned and saw somebody very near, where nobody can tell that fear, can call that fear. They wouldn't, would you? No, well, when I set the jaw in its place upon the skull, the teeth closed sharply under my finger. It felt exactly as if it were biting me hard. Confess that I jumped before I realised been pressing a jaw to get the skull together. My other hand, I'm sure, it was not at all nervous. It was broad late like two, a fine day. Someone was dreaming in the best bedroom. Being assured of my being nervous. But being assured, being assured to be nervous was very only a quick mistake impression. Mistake of impression. It really made me feel queen. Somehow it might be you think of funny verdict which corners death. Julia looks death by the hand of teeth of some person of animal known. Ever since then, I wish I'd seen those marks on his throat. Though the lower jaw was missing then. But I've only seen a man do insane things with his hands that he didn't does not realise at all. I saw a man hanging by on his old olding stock with one hand leaning backward. I covered the bold with his all his weight on it. He was just cutting the top stop with his knife in the other hand. I got my arms around him. He was a mid ocean doing twenty knots. He's not the smallest idea that he was doing. Neither had I had I when I managed to pinch my finger between his teeth at that thing. I felt it bite felt it now exactly as if it were live and trying to bite me. It could it would if it could. I know it hates me. Poor thing, do you suppose that it rattles about inside it's really a letter of lead? Well I've got the box down presently, and whatever it happens to drop into your hand, that's your affair. It's only a clod of earth or a pebble. Whole matter would be would be off my mind. Don't believe I should ever think of the skull again. I somehow cannot think bring myself to shake at a bit of hard stuff myself. Me and I me be me, me be lead makes me confoundly uncomfortable. Yet I got a conviction I shall know. Before long I certainly know. I assure to Wayne her knows that he's such a silent beggar. I go upstairs now and get it. What? You better go with me. Ah, do you think I'm afraid of bandbox or noise? Nonsense. Brother the candle. It won't light. It's a ridiculous thing understood. It's wonderful. Look at that. A third match. The light's very fast on my pipe. There, do you see? It's a fresh box. Just out of the tin safe. I kept the supply on account of dampness. Oh, you think the wick of the candle may be damp, do you? All right. Light the beastie thing in the fire. It won't go out at all events. It's quite a bit. It will keep lighted now. It burns just like all the other candles. Any other candle, doesn't it? The fact is, candles do not, are not very good about here. Don't know where they come from. They will have a way of burning low. Occasionally, greenish flame splits tiny sparks. They are often annoyed by them going out by themselves. Cannot be helped. 
It will be long before we have electricity in our village. It really is rather polite, isn't it? You think I'd better leave your candle and take the lamp, do you? I don't like to carry lamps about, that's the truth. I never dropped one in my life. I always thought I might. And so confounded dangerous we do. Besides, I'm pretty well used to those rotten candles by this time. You may be as well finish the glass while I'm not getting it. Don't mean to get you let you off the lesson free before you go to bed. You won't have to go upstairs either. I put you in the old study next to surgery. That's where I live myself. Fact is I never asked a friend to keep sleep upstairs now. Last man who did was Crink. Crinker's fault. He said he was kept awake all night. You remember old Crank, don't you? Struck to the surface. And I just made him everyone, yes, I'm off now. Lest the colonel goes out. Don't keep asking if you remember Crinklefoot. If anyone ever told us that the skinny little idiot he used he was to turn out, we must settle a lot of us. We should have laughed at the idea, shouldn't we? You and I did so, but not so badly. It's true. Really, getting coming now. Don't mean to let you think I'm putting it off by talking. But there's anything to be afraid of. If I was scared, I should tell you quite frankly to get you go upstairs with me. Here's a box. Of, I brought it down very carefully so not to disturb the poor thing. You see, he was shaken. The jaw might have separated from it again. I'm sure he wouldn't like that. This candle went out. It was coming downstairs. That was the draught from the leaky window on the landing. Did you hear anything? Yes. With a scream, a pale. You say, there's nothing. My heart's a little queer sometimes. I went upstairs too fast, in fact. That's one reason why I really prefer to live there together, or together on the ground floor. Wherever the shriek came from was not the skull, for I had a box in my hand when I heard the noise. There it is now, it proved definitely the screams are produced by something else. No doubt I shall find out some day I'll make them. Some crevice in the wall, well, of course it's crack in a chimney, or clink in the frame of a window. That's the way your ghost, all ghost stories end in the real life. You know, I'm jolly glad I thought going up and bringing it down. You see, for the last week settles the question. The think I should have been so weak to fancy. The poor skull would easily cry out a living, like a living thing. I open the box and take it out. I look at it uh, under light, bright light. I'm rather awful to think the poor lady used to sit there in your chair, evening after evening. Just the same light, isn't it? But then I made up my mind that all rubbish from beginning to end. Just an old skull like Luke had when he was a student, and perhaps he put in a line near the river waiting it, and should not find the jaw, could not find the jaw. I made seal on the string, you see. After we put the jaw in its place, I wrote it on the cover. The old white label on it was still, and the miners addressed it to Mrs. Pratt, and the hat went down, sent to her. There was a room I wrote on the edge 
The skull, once probably the late Luke Pratt, MD, didn't quite know why he wrote that. Unless it was the idea of explaining how the thing happened being possession. Couldn't help wondering sometimes what sort of hat it was. Came a van box. What colour was it? Do you think? Why was it grey spring hat? A bobbing feather and video bands. Strange that the very same box would hold a head and wore the finery, perhaps. No one made up their minds. They just came from the hospital in London. But Luke did his time. It's far better to look at his light. In that light, isn't it? No more connection between the skull and poor Mr. Pratt when it was between my story about the lead. And good Lord, take that lamp. Don't let it go out. If he can help, I have the window fastened again a second, I say. Well, the girl, there is, there, it's out. I told you so. Never mind. There's a firebox light. I've got the window shut The bolt. It's only half down. There was the books. Blown off the table. Where the juice is it? There. You won't open again. I have put, I have put up the bar. Good at dodge. No old-fashioned bar. There's nothing like it. Now you find the damn box while I light the lamp. Confound those wretched matches. Yes, a pipe spilled. It better might light the fire. Hadn't thought of it. Thank you. There we go again. Now, where's the box? Just put it on the back of the table. We open it. That's the first time I've known the wind to burst and window open. I partly careless of my part. I just started shut it. Because, of course, I heard a scream. Seemed to all go around the house, but broken in a window. Proves that there's always been the wind. There's nothing else, doesn't it? When there's not the wind, it's my imagination. Always been a very imaginative man. Must have been, though I did not know it. You grow, we grow older. We understand ourselves better, don't you know? I would drop a hassock at neat, by the way of an exception, since you're filling up your glass. The damp just chill me, my rheumatic tendency. I'm very afraid of, much afraid of the chill, when it's cold sometimes. Seems to stick in my joints all winter when it once gets in. By George, what good stuff! Must light a fresh pipe now and everything is snug again. We put the oh we opened the box, I'm so glad we heard us scream together with a skull here on the table between us. As for the thing cannot possibly be in two places at the same time. Nice smoke it came from outside any noise. Wind must make makes must. You thought you heard it scream through the room before after windows were burst open. Oh yes, so did I. If natural enough, what does it mean some everything was open? Of course we heard the wind. What one? What could one expect? Look here, please. I want you to see that seal intact before you open the box together. You take my glasses. No, you have your own. All right. Still sound, you see. You can read the words of the motto easily. Sweet and low, that's the before. Because the poem goes, the wind of seven, rest and sea. Said, blow him again to me. All that. Here's a seal of my watch chain. They hang on for more than forty years. My poor little wife. To me, when I was courting, I never had any other. It was just like her to think of those words. She's always fond of Tennyson. No use to cut the string. Put it fast into the box, or just burn, break the wax and tie the knot. And offers to seal it up again. See, I like to feel that thing is safe in its place. And nobody can take it out. Not that I suspect a hern of meddling with it. I always feel he knows a lot more than he tells. I see you managed it without breaking string. Oh, when they fastened it, they expected to open the end box again. It comes off easy enough. There, look now. What, nothing? It's empty. It's gone. The skull is gone. 
No, there's nothing the matter with me. I'm only trying to collect my faults. It's so strange, possibly certain. It's inside when I put it the seal on the seal last spring. I couldn't have imagined that. It's utterly impossible. If I ever took a sift glass with a friend now and then, I would admit I might have done, had some. I didn't mistake. I was taken too much. I didn't. I don't. I never did. Point of hours supper. Half a go at rum at bedtime. Most ever took them to good my good days. Believe it always me sober fellows who get rheumatism and gout. It is made of my seal. There is an empty band box. That's plain enough. As you say, you don't like this. Not right. There's something wrong. But it's my opinion. I don't talk to me about supernatural manifestations. I don't believe in them. Not a little bit. Somebody must have tampered with the seal and stolen the skull. Sometimes I go out and work in the garden in summer. I leave my watch and chain on my table. To her, I might have taken the seal then. I used it. They could be quite sure. I could not come in for at least an hour. But Dr. Hearn, don't you talk to me about the possibility things got out by itself. If it has, it must be somewhere way about the house. In some sort of way, cor- out the way, cor- waiting. It must come upon it everywhere. Waiting for us, don't you know? Just waiting in the dark. It would scream at me. It would shriek at me in the dark. For it hates me, I tell you. Bam was quite empty. Not dreaming either of us. Then I turned it upside down. What's that? So it fell out, out of it as I turned it over. It's on the floor. It's near at your feet. I know it. You must find it. Help me find it, man. Have you got it? For God's sake, give it to me quickly. Lead. I knew it as I heard it fall. I heard. There could be anything else but a little thud I made by one wave of the hearth rug. So it's lead, after all. And Luke did it. I fell a sudden bit shaken up. Not exactly nervous, you know, but barely shaken up at the fact anyone would. We should think, after all, we cannot say that it's fear of the thing. Went out and brought it down, at least, I believed, bring it down. Same thing, and by George, rather than give it to some such same nonsense, I take the box back upstairs again, put it in the back of its place. Is it not? Suddenly, the poor little lady came to me, her end, away my fault, because I told the story. That's how, what's so dreadful. Somehow I'd always hoped we should never be quite sure of it. There's no doubt in it now. Look at that. Look at it. A little lump, little lump of lead with no peculiar shape. Think of what it did, man. Don't make you, didn't make you shiver. It gave us something to make us sleep. Of course, there might have been one moment of beautiful agony. Think of being, having boiling lead poured in your brain. Think of it. She's dead before you could scream. Oh, you think of it. Oh. There it is again, it's just outside. I know it's outside. Can't keep it out of my head at all. I thought I'd faded. No, I wish for I had. I would have stopped sooner. It's all very well to say, don't you noise? The noise never hurt anyone. You know, you're as white as a shroud yourself. Only one thing to be done. We hope to close an eye tonight. We must find it. Put it back in the bandbox and shut it out of the cupboard. Where it doesn't where it likes to be, I don't know how it got out. But it wants to get it. In back and get in again. That's why it screams so awfully tonight. It's never so bad as this. Ever since the first. Bury it? Yes. If we can find it, we bury it. If it takes us all night. We bury it six feet down and ram down the earth over it. So we should never get out again. It screams as so hard you hear it. It's so deep down. Well, get the lantern looking for it. Cannot be far away. I'm sure it's just outside. Come in when it's shut the window and know it. Yes, you're quite right. 
of losing my senses. I quite get hold. I can't. Must get hold of myself. Let's speak up for me for a minute or two. Sit down. I sit quite still and I keep my eyes shut. Pete's something I know. That's the best way. Add together the altitude. Latitude, polar distance. Five by two and subtract the altitude from the low strum half sun. And add longitude. The ascent end of latitude. The concept of the polar distance. Closer to the half sun. Trying the half sun minus the altitude. There, yeah, don't say that. I'm out of my senses. My memory is all right, isn't it? Of course, you do, must say it mechanically. We never forget the things we learn. We're boys, we're used to almost every day for a lifetime. That's the very point. A man's going crazy, mechanical, his pride that gets out of order, doesn't work right. Remembers things that never happen. You see things that aren't real. You hear noises that are perfect, and it's perfect silence. It's not what that is a matter of either, is it? Come, we get the lantern, go round the house. Not ringing, only blowing like old boats, as we used to say. Abandoned in the cupboard, understands half in the hallway, almost keep it tr- tr- trimmed in the case, erect. No use to look at the thing. Don't see how you can stand it for months as they're talking of burying it. Of course, for it doesn't want to be buried. It wants to go back in the bandbox to be turned. Take it upstairs, poor thing, to home. Take it out. I know, and make the seal over again. Perhaps it took to a churchyard. He might have lamented well. I dare say he thought he would not scream any more. It was quietly laid and constantly brown, near where it belongs. But he's come home. Yes, that's it. He's not half a bad foe to earn, but a religious inclined to think. They're not sound natural and reasonable. Well meant, he suppose it's screamed because it's not decently buried. The rest, he's wrong. How could he know that it screams? I mean, because it hates me, because it's my fault. There's a little lump of lead in it. No use to look for it. Anyhow, nonsense. I tell you, looks to be the hound heart. Was that knocking? Do you hear it? Knock, knock. Knock three times in a pause, and again, it's a hollow sound, isn't it? It's come home. I heard a knock before. Once I come in and take it upstairs in a box. Boxes to the front door. They come for me. They take it in. Yes, I own it. That I don't like to go alone and open the door. Thing will roll and stop against my foot. Just as it did before. The light will go out. I could still shake by finding that bit of lead. Besides, my heart's quite, isn't quite right. Too strong tobacco, perhaps. Besides, not willing to be owned. I'm not a bit nervous tonight. But it never was before in my life. That night, that's right, come along. I take the box of me, so for not to be come back. You hear that knocking? It's not like any knocking I ever heard. You hold this door open. You'll find a lantern under the stairs for half by light from his room without bringing the lamp. That heart hall could only go, it would only, only go out. Thing knows we are coming, hark. Very important to get in. Don't shut the door till the lantern's ready. But if you do, there'll be a usual trouble with the matches. Suppose, no, the first one by low Joe. Two, he wants to get in. But there's no trouble. All right, that's with the doors now. Shut it. Please, now come and hold the lantern. But it's blowing so hard outside the hall. The shell has to use both her hands there. That's it. Hold the light now. You hear the knocking still. There come, goes. I just, I opened it just enough for my foot against the bottom. Stand the door now. Catch it. 
Only the wind that blows it across the floor. It's all. There's half a hurricane outside. I tell you, have you got it? Bamboo's on the table. One minute I had a bar up there. Why did you throw it in the box so roughly? Doesn't like that, you know. Would you say bit in your hand? Lonsa's man. You did what? You did just what I did. You pressed the jaws together and up with the other hand and pitched yourself. Let me see. You didn't mean to say. You don't mean to say you have drawn blood. You have been squeezed by tarbage over the skin is sorely torn. I'll give you some carbonic solution. But before we go to bed, you say you scratch from a skull tooth. They go bad and give us trouble. Come inside, let me see it by the lamp. Bring the bat box, never mind the lantern. It might just be well burn in the hall. I should need it but it presently. I go upstairs, just shut the door, if you will. It makes me feel more cheerful and bright. If your fingers still bleed, I'll get you cabolic. An instant, let me see the thing. Ah, there's a drop of blood. The other drawer, it's not a dirty tooth. Glass, isn't it? I saw it running the locker on the floor. Hold of strength. Almost went at my hands. I felt my knees bending. I almost, then I stood, it was a girl driving it up under the smooth balls. You don't blame me? No, I should think not. You're both, we're boys together. You've seen a thing or two. You might as well own to each other. We were both in beastly funk. Where he slid across the floor at you. No wonder you pinched your finger, picking it up. After that, I very did the same thing out of sheer nervousness. Broad daylight, the sun streaming in and on. Strange that the jaw would stick it so closely, isn't it? Suppose it's a dampness, but it shuts like a vice. I wiped off the blood, but it's not nice to look at. I'm not going to try to open the jaws. I'm afraid I shall not play any tricks. The poor thing, I shall steal the box again. But take it upstairs and put it away where it wants to be. Wax it on the when writing table by the window. Thank you. It'll be long before I leave my seal lying that about again. I turn to use, I shall tell you. Blaine, I don't blame natural following. Have you closed the feet? I turn her and hidden somewhere. The bushes. A girl blew it in the house against the door. Made a knock. You wanted to be let in. You're not thinking impossible. I'm quite ready to greet you. You see that? You can swear you actually seen me. Seal this at this time in case anything of the kind should occur again. The wax fastens the strings, the lid, which cannot possibly be lifted, even enough to get in one finger. You're quite satisfied, aren't you? Yes, besides, I shall lock the cupboard to keep the, the key in my pocket hereafter. Now, can we take the lantern and go upstairs? Do you know, I'm very much inclined to agree your theory. The wind blew it against the house and we'll go ahead. I know the stairs, I just hold the lantern near my feet as we go up. How the, hen, how the wind howls and whistles. Do you feel the sand on the floor and shoes as we cross the hall? Yes, this is the door, the best bedroom. Hold up the lantern, please. This side by the head of the bed. I left, I left the cupboard open. I got the box, isn't it queer? Had a faint odour of women's dresses. Still hang about an old closet for years. It's a shelf. You see me set the, bo- the box here. You see me set the box there. Now you see me turn the key and put it in my pocket. So that's done. Good night. You sure you're quite comfortable? I'm not quite. It's not much of a room. I dare say you would sleep here tonight, upstairs tonight. If you want anything, sing out. Not. There's only a level of past the partition between us. And not so much wind on this side of my heart. Here's the Hollins on the table. 
If you have one night more nightcap, no. I'll do as you please for night. Again, don't dream about a th- that thing if you can. Following paragraph appeared in Pendant Runton News, 23rd of November, 1906. Mysterious death of a retired sea captain. Village Hemcombe, much disturbed by strange death of Captain Charles Bedrock. All sorts of possible stories circulating regarding the sunsets, which certainly seem difficult to explain. The entire captain certainly commanded his time the largest, fastest liner belonging to one of the principal transatlantic steamship companies found at his bed Tuesday morning, Jane Cottage, quarter mile from the village. An examination made at once by a local practitioner revealed a horrible fact. Seas had been bitten in the throat by a human assailant, and such a person's major force as crushed the windpipe caused a death. The marks of the teeth of both jaws are so plainly visible, skin that could be counted. The perpetrator of the deed had visibly lost the two low inside middle incisors. It's hoped this peculiarity may help to identify the murderer who can only be, dan- be a dangerous maniac. The deceased, though, uh, though over 65 years of age, is said to have been a homemade considerable physical strength, remarkable as signs of any struggle were visible in the room. Nor could it be asserted how a murderer had entered the house. All had been sent to all the insane asylums. In the United Kingdom, not yet to know information, they received regarding escape by any dangerous patient. Coroner's jury turned somewhat singular verdict that Captain Braddock came to his death by the hands and teeth of some unknown person. So the local surgeon said to have expressed privately, Pinamaniac is a woman. By view, he usually stuck the same strides of jaws as shown by the marks of teeth. Half his shrouded mystery, Captain Braddock was a widower and lived alone. He lived. He lays these, no children. Author's notes, Jews, the ghost law and haunted houses. Find the foundation of Saul Guy's story, legend about a skull, reserved in the Havar Hamas called Bembush. Bembush Manor, situated, I believe, on the Dorchester coast. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.